Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan. Delighted that you've joined us today. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steetalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Enlightened investors, let's take a look at passively investing in alternative assets and in real estate. Ying Tang, the CEO and founder of Toysi Capital is an experienced real estate investor with 150 million assets under management. Ng is an economist by training from the Wharton School of Business. He also has experience leading data science and analytics at Apple, Capital One, and AT&T. To Zing, Capital focuses on high cash flow investments and providing passive income to investors by acquiring and optimizing blockchain, pre-IPO, multifamily, industrial, and senior living assets. So, Ng, before we get into real estate and financing, share with us a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. First of all, thanks for having me on, Alan. I think one of my most memorable experiences was I actually grew up in a refugee camp in Thailand. My parents are Cambodian. We escaped to Khmer Rouge. And that was a lot of my parents' memory. But my memory of growing up was of lack of security, lack of material needs and goods. I, I didn't have much growing up. I was very poor. And I was really good at math. That's how I got into everything I got into. And one of the things I was really good at was actually day trading. But one of the things that I remember, and it was very formative for me, was losing a lot of money in a volatile market. I'm just not a good trader. But what I got from that was I love sort of just a steady income. And so that's how I sort of changed sort of my whole perspective of investing from investing in stocks, mostly stocks, and to investing in real estate. I was actually working in investment banking at the time. And when the financial crisis happened to Nate and my portfolio went down by half, like most people's portfolios. But then I got the chance to buy real estate and saw the predictable monthly rent checks coming in. So that was sort of high sort of formulated most of what I've been doing now. Well, interesting. I'm curious, how did you get here from Taiwan to the United States? I was born in a refugee camp in Thailand and we got we went from the refugee camp to the Philippines to a hosting center and then we got sponsored by some family that was ready in America. And I grew up in Los Angeles and growing up in a family where you know our parents didn't have any education. They they had the hustle. And I saw that very clearly working 24-7. And I tried to really think about how I could always my big why was always helping my family lift them out of the poverty. I got very lucky growing up in America. I got lucky coming to America. I got lucky being who I am and 
having the hardships I had and having the hunger that I had, I think it really formulated my life, gave me sort of all the drive and desire and need to be successful. Yeah, to really make a difference for not just your family, but for others as well. Well, you invest not only in real estate, but you have quite a bit of knowledge in terms of blockchain. And you look at that as a hedge fund against inflation. Why is that? I don't really know anything about blockchain. So take us through the basics. Yeah, so I've been an investor in Bitcoin and other crypto assets for the last several years. One of the things that I understand about the monetary policy of America is we like to inflate our monetary supply by printing out more dollars. This makes everyone's dollars less valuable over time. Buying a house 10, 20, 30 years ago, you couldn't afford those dollar denominated prices now. Often once we got the gold standard, inflation just went crazy. So you have to either hold assets, which is why I love real estate. And I love real estate and I love having long-term debt on real estate because debt gets cheaper over time. If you borrow a 30-year mortgage, million dollars, would just be worth less over time, even if it stays a million dollars. It's just that's just how the monetary policy in America works in most countries. Bitcoin has a fixed a finite supply. And it will only be fixed and finite. So over time, it's a great hedge against inflation as it becomes more materially uh, desirable and valuable because there's just more people, more wealth, and but just a fixed finite supply of that uh, cryptocurrency. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Would you ever invest all your money in a single stock? Very unlikely. Yet, investors are willing to risk $50,000 to $100,000 in a single property in real estate all the time. Avestor is the world's first customizable real estate investment platform. Investors can build their own custom portfolios selecting investments across multiple asset classes such as single-family homes, multifamily, student housing, self-storage, and shopping centers. You can also invest across multiple markets and different time frames. Avestra also enables other real estate entrepreneurs and syndicators to build and use Avestra's infrastructure and cloud platform to create their own customizable real estate funds. To learn more, visit us at avestrainc.com. Avestra, real estate investing made simple. So they're not making more Bitcoins? Is that what you're saying? Or? Mining more Bitcoin. I actually have a Bitcoin mining fund as well, but there's 19 million Bitcoin, around 19 million Bitcoin mine. And there'll be only ever 21 million ever. Mm-hmm. The miners will generate the, the remaining 2 million. Mm-hmm. But over time, if you look at stock and flow models, which basically means how much supply is there and how much demand is there, that will dictate prices. That's how you can forecast gold price over time for the last thousand years. And this is how you can de- uh, forecast irrigation of economies that over inflate the supply like Venezuela and Zimbabwe. So they're only going to allow you to mine so much Bitcoins. There's other currencies out there. Are they following that same rule or do other currencies have different different rules and regulations that they operate under? Good question. Bitcoin is, and most cryptocurrencies are transparent and codified in code. So once the code was released, not too long ago, so this was around 2009, it was released in 2009 at the advent of the last financial crisis. It was codified because of financial crisis and all the monetary policies that 
cause that debacle. It was coded in that it would be flowing at a certain step parameter. And so it was very predictable. Once you know the code, it cannot be changed. Other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum have an inflationary supply. So it inflates over time and could have an infinite supply, although it can be changed. Some cryptocurrencies cannot be changed, some can. And why people like investing in Bitcoin as a store of value, as, as sort of digital gold, is because it's known finite and cannot be changed. When you have something that can be changed, that's a centralized parameter, essentially the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve can change wherever you want. They can print another $5 trillion. And if you own, if you have a million dollars in the bank account, it's probably worth less now. Okay. Well, I still don't quite understand it, but I'm <laughs> glad that somebody out there does. You also uh, invest in senior living. What do you find interesting and attractive about senior living? So I primarily do real estate and I love cash flowing real estate. And it's been harder to find that in multifamily and other residential types. Senior living has strong fundamentals. The silver tsunami in America, that growing of America, those are fundamentals that cannot be shifted. There will be a greater demand for senior living communities. What I like about real estate is there's so much great tax advantages of investing in real estate, getting tax, uh, cash flow, rent income, and depreciation. So you're combining actually real estate with a high cash flowing business. Compared to a multifamily apartment building, for example, senior living community might have five times as much rent as one unit could go for $5,000 versus a multifamily one unit $1,000 in the same area, but only three times as much expenses. Most expenses is towards staffing. And it's like a, and all, all of our communities are like all-inclusive resorts for seniors. And you know, we want to take care of seniors. We love our seniors. We want to make sure that they stay. And what I love about our uh, tenants is also it's recession resilient tenant base. They don't have income now. It's not like they're working. They are retired and they have retirement funds saved up for this one purpose. And they usually stay for three an average of three years. So a longer 10 years. Enlightened investors will be right back after this important announcement. I have a big ask that will only take a moment of your time. Ratings and reviews are the lifeblood of our podcast. So to leave a review, iPhone or other Apple iOS device users, go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. For all you non-Apple device users, go to podchasers.com. On either platform, search for Real Estate Investing Abundance. Once found, please leave a review and a rating. Subscriptions are also vital to our show's success, so please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. It is free to subscribe, and you can unsubscribe at any time. And so it beats inflation and an increasing demand. And five times the returns, but only three times the expense ratio. That is interesting. And you've taken the time to analyze all these. You say that the rents in senior living places are much more expensive. And the demand is certainly growing. The demand is certainly there. But is senior income keeping pace with inflation? So it depends on your audience. For us, our audience is 85 plus. Those folks do not have incomes anymore. They have a retirement fund, a savings account, or retirement money that they are using for the last years of life. It's not a hospice. It's 
a community for where they will live generally for the remainder of their lives. And so we actually usually do a, for most of our investments, actually, it's private pay only. So we don't go into Medicare or Medicaid, although a lot of our competitors do take that. But then you have to deal with the government. For our investments, we like to have a private pay model where we check the financials to ensure that they can pay for three years and there's an abundance of those uh, populations. So in general, we have no issues with you know getting somebody in as long as we provide them a great community with all the amenities, 24-hour staffing, care, and creating a community that really feels like home. It's all about allowing them to bring in their own furniture, their own knickknacks, and having family visit them. And so we, that's why we invest in building a few communities in Florida and a few other states. So it doesn't sound to me like you're serving the average senior. This is an, a select group of seniors. Is that correct? Yes, this is a select group of seniors. Medium wealth is typically half a million plus net worth. So it's it's definitely on the higher end, although it's still on the mid-market level because our rents are usually $5,000. We've seen on the high end, $10,000 rent, the low end, $3,000 so we're squarely in the middle. Okay. What is the population in this uh, group of seniors? In each of our communities, we have a very small community typically. So we're looking at typically 50 to 100 people, seniors. Uh, average bed size is 72. In general, what we've, when we, before we develop or build or buy a site or buy a community, we, we created a large-scale survey. We surveyed the entire population within a 20-mile radius. And we want to make sure we're near a hospital. Uh, we want to make sure we're near medical service because we're not necessarily providing medical service. We're not a hospital. We just provide care and community. What we find is there's typically 10x the demand for this type of facility, this kind of community, before we actually jump in and build it out. So usually the communities we're developing in are a bit older, they're graying, and they have a slightly above average national medium wealth. And so you're saying there's 10 times the demand? Yeah, so 10 times the demand. So that's why we can open one up and mm-hmm. lease it up in usually six to eight months. Really? Wow. That is truly impressive. And so you're selecting communities before you even begin to build, and you're doing some in-depth surveys in terms of the population there. You want to be close to health facilities. Do you provide any health care on the site? Do you have any form of nursing staff or, or any health care staff? We do have a head of nursing and we typically have one RN, but it's not actually required by our license. Uh, so we're assisted living, which is not, it's, it's a little bit more demanding than independent living in terms of you know, having some kind of staff. Our staff are trained, but they're not medically licensed to deliver. We do have uh, doctors that come in from our uh, local hospitals for checkups. So a lot of it is very convenient for our um, residents. Interesting. Well, what are the services that you do provide? A lot of it is about acuity, trying to uh, combat any Alzheimer, um, you know, mental issues. And so we provide food and services and we, we cook the gourmet meals in the onsite. We provide a medical uh, from, we pick up the, the medicine that they need 
and we provide them, we store them for them. And we do checkups, we bring doctors. And we also, from the amenity side, we provide spas. Uh, so if you get a haircut, um, barber, you get a spa. You can, uh, we also have movie theaters and bingo night and game. You know, we have an activities director that helps you know provide activities. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. As an industry-leading, relationship-focused, design-build construction firm, Mosaic Construction has worked in many different asset classes from multifamily to retail, medical, industrial, and commercial. Mosaic Construction works to execute interior and exterior renovations with their team of trades and project managers. Their experience with value-add improvements has resulted in increased ROI and long-term value of the assets. They work nationally in partnership with local trades to deliver thoughtful, problem-solving construction management solutions to all their clients. For a personal no-obligation consultation, call Ira Singer, 773-491-3145, or email Ira at mosaicconstruction.net. You can also find Ira on LinkedIn. So you provide minimal health care. They're not providing licensed care, but you do store the meds for them, but you're not administering the meds, the meds, I take it. Is that correct? Yeah, we're not administering the meds. We're not liable for any that services. Most of our residents are need assisted living. So they need some assistance to live. So we have caretakers that aren't licensed, but they are trained. And so that's how we reduce our, our costs as well. And so if somebody needs to go, you know, if they're in a wheelchair, they will be wheeled around throughout the whole community and they can, and I think one of the biggest things is just having company. Cause if you're actually of that age, 85 plus, one of the biggest challenges is loneliness. And that loneliness actually manifests itself in all these debilitating mental diseases, which if you're surviving to that age, those are probably one of the things that you would worry about uh, in terms of you know, your lifespan. So that, that, that's how we provide our services. We also allow for uh, offsite. So we, we can we take a shuttle and we provide them to go to different events and concerts that are relevant to them. And we have usually a family rating room so they can talk to. During COVID, we actually had a specially designed glass wall so that you know we wanted to make sure that our community didn't have any impact from COVID. So we wanted to seal off the community, but we wanted still our families to still have interactions. So it was a really nice thing that, and of course, now I've been able to get all of our seniors vaccinated ahead of time. And so we haven't had any issues. Well, great. Sounds like quite a great plan there and quite a great service. So we are coming to the close of our program here. So how can we get in touch with you? So I'm happy for anybody to come on our website, Tozi Capital, T-O-U-Z-I, capital.com, and just sign up to be an investor. Just reach out to us. Reach out to me, Eng, E-N-G, at tozicapital.com. Always happy to talk about real estate, taxes, passive income. Wonderful. Our last question today is, share with us one of your most difficult setbacks in life. How did you come through that time? And what did you learn from the experience? I think my most difficult setback in life was the financial crisis when I first started my career in investment banking. It, it really helped shape sort of this worldview that, you know, these financial instruments are 
you get to know them, you get to watch out for them, and you have to understand sort of the systems that we live in. It also made me think that I didn't want to continue on this financial corporate world. I actually just went right after that, I went to the Peace Corps. So I volunteered mm. the public of Georgia, ran my wife. And so that's, it was one of the more life-changing things. Well, very good. Uh, well, Ing, it has been a delight having you with us today. And thank you for enlightening us on Bitcoin and certainly enlightening us on the opportunities available in senior assisted living. So thank you for being on the show, Ian. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at Steed talker.com.